Hello, my name is Tony Williams. I'm the chairman and CEO of Major Precious Metals, uh, a Canadian junior mining company listed on the NEO Exchange in Canada, and we're developing the ScareGuard Platinum and Gold Deposit in Greenland. I'm a mining geologist by background, and I've had a 40-year career in industry, investment banking, and venture capital, capital markets. Tony, good to see you. Hi. Been a while. How are you? Not too bad, not too bad. For, for people who don't know, so I met Tony, oh, 2012, 13, a long time ago, oil and gas, Kazakhstan focused stuff. So, so I haven't seen you since then. How's business been? Well, it's been a challenging decade, to say the least. Right. Uh, not least, uh, I think you know the challenges we faced in Kazakhstan, but eventually we were successful in developing a very large gold and copper project in northern Kazakhstan, mm -hmm. which we handed over to Polymetal. Uh, and all our shareholders did very well out of it. And Polymetal have since developed it into a major mining complex. Yeah, I remember, I remember the project. Um, slightly different times, very different jurisdiction. Greenland, uh, night and day when it comes to uh, operating, well, trying to operate a, a mining business there, isn't it? Well, Greenland's in its infancy, but actually it's, it's really quite refreshing because yeah. it's got a, a very modern mining act. And having had a decade or so uh, in Russia and in Kazakhstan, uh, I find working in Greenland very refreshing. What about this uh, new government? I mean, obviously, I think the uranium guys are getting a bit of a hard time. For the rest of you, okay? Well, I, I think uh, this is a good question because there's a lot of misconceptions about Greenland because of that very issue. Mm. This is a Kvanfeld uh, rare earth project in the south, which has a very high uranium content. Mm. And actually, the last Greenland election was fought on that basis. And the party that won is now the leading party in the coalition is against uranium mining. Mm -hmm. And for the foreseeable future, there will be no uranium mining in Greenland. Mm -hmm. That has led to a, a misconception in the market that the Greenland government is against mining. Nothing could be further from the truth. Several uh, comments in recent months by the government at pains to point out that uh, regarding sustainable mining projects, other than uranium, they're very much in favor of them. Of course, provided people comply with the Mining Act, with all the ESG aspects that we have to do in any project worldwide. And several other projects in Greenland are advancing along the mine development cycle. And we hope ScareGuard will be one of those as, as we move forward. Okay, well, let's, let's talk about the project um, proper itself. So let's, let's start with what have you set out to try and do? It's rare, rare us, but what, what are you trying to do with this thing? Explore, develop, produce? We, we, we identified this project. This project uh, was discovered in, well, the mineralization in, in this large layered mafic intrusion, which is a bushveld lookalike for want of a generic term. Uh, the, the deposit itself was discovered uh, in the 1930s, but mineralization was only recognized in the late 1980s. And it was looked at as a gold project with minor PGM, Platinum Group Element right. uh, subsidiary. Uh, several drilling campaigns, over 35,000 meters of drilling, identified a 45-meter mineralized package towards the top of this intrusion, but it was looked at as a gold project. For the last decade or so, since about 2009, as a development project, it's been dormant. Mm. Through our researches, and because we're very interested in the, in the PGM markets, we, we identified that actually this could have potential as a as a PGM project, because it's very rich in palladium, where gold would actually be the byproduct. We managed to secure the project in a deal with an Australian company called Platina, and this deal closed one year ago in November 2020. 
Right. We uh, identified the platinum group potential. We then engaged a, a, an international consulting group, SLR, to completely independently resample all historical exploration mm -hmm. and remodel the ore body using modern uh, geological techniques such as leapfrog software, etc. The ice has retreated substantially over the last decade and a half. So we now have almost 100% surface exposure of the deposit, which allowed us to use new photostat imagery, etc. We remodeled the deposit and filed a 43-101 report in May last year, which identified that we had a very significant resource of palladium and gold, with the potential also for some other critical metals, such as vanadium and titanium. Right. So that's the background. And then Got I can it. talk in a moment what we've done since and what we plan to do next. Well, well Michelle, so you kind of outsource to SLR the, the kind of remodeling of, of the historic data. Correct. As one has to do. Right. Because for, to comply with, as I'm sure you know, for 43101 criteria, you have to have independent verification of, of your sampling, your chain of custody, etc. Absolutely. But you've also got a kind of well, it looks kind of top-heavy team here. I mean, tell us, tell us about it. Why have you put this team together? Well, I, I, I inherited uh, I inherited the company from uh, you know from. And you kept everyone on. Uh, not everyone, right. uh, but you know we we kept uh, the good people on. Uh, right. We have experienced uh, president in Paul Tenier, who's uh, had a lot of also regulatory uh, exposure, which is good. And we had a back office team under under right. Joel Demarest. Uh, I've brought in uh, a project manager. I've brought in um, VP uh, corporate finance, who I've worked with many times over the years. So with Platina, it, it kind of obviously wasn't working, or it certainly wasn't core focus for them. So with existing teams, new and new management, mm -hmm. there's usually some sort of conflict. Right? Well, we've always done it this way. This is what what we think, and you're coming and going. Well, that's not what the way we want to do it. I mean, how you kind of manage that process? It's worked. It's worked very well. I th I, I think that. Um, I think you know my history with the Dragon Group, Mining yeah. Venture Capital. Uh, myself and my team have a long history of taking projects from what I would call the mid to late exploration stage, mm -hmm. advancing them along the mine development cycle into you know, an initial PEA, pre-feasibility, feasibility, mm -hmm. and then looking forward, either going into production on our own, on our own basis or uh, working with larger companies, business combinations, uh, I mentioned the polymetal example. Yeah. I can give you several other examples of Dragon projects that have been successful by passing on to a major uh, or, or a larger company or a business combination. Well, let's talk about it because the track record, you know, you know, goes before you, quite frankly. So when you talk about some of the deals, people get a sense of what you're about and the sorts of deals that you put together. So highlights. Well, for, I can give you a couple of examples. For example, uh, we we were one of the first uh, groups in into Russia after the collapse of communism, and we we got, looked at a lot of projects. We got involved in a project in the Russian Far East called Julieta. And we, we took that project, this is a classic example of where we are, like with the Greenland project. We took it through to feasibility. We merged it with a, a Canadian company called Beamer Gold. Uh, Beamer uh, were a very good mid-tier company. They put the mine into production. And then we, as major shareholders of Beamer, uh, helped them get a mine called Kupol. Now, Kupol is a very well-known mine in the Russian Far East. Uh, it's a very rich gold mine. And that was the catalyst for an eventual takeover in 2007, 2008, a uh, $3 billion takeover of Beamer by Kinross, who have operated the mine successfully uh, since then. So that's a, a dragon project that, that went through the cycle, 
uh, an exit strategy, if you would call it, for shareholders who became shareholders of a mid-tier company in Beamer. And then Beamer, much because of the very good management that Beamer has, uh, you know, with our help, acquiring an even better project, uh, Coupol, which led to a, to a, to a takeover. Right. One example. So, yeah, jurisdictional risk does not concern you. Uh, it, it does, it, you know. We, it, you know, we're not cowboys. We don't just go in. You know, you know. We, we sometimes laughingly say we go to we go where angels fear to trade. Yeah. Um, but but we always have good local partners. It's you know it's very important to, that that you you know you can't run uh, mining companies effectively f from Mayfair. You know, you can have an office in Mayfair. You can have access to the capital markets in the UK, but you have to have boots on the ground. Right. And in our track record in looking at emerging markets. Um, we in Russia, in Kazakhstan, in Botswana, in Lesotho, yeah. and in areas in South America where we've worked, we've always had good, strong local partners. So that's our business model. Right. Okay. And let's talk about the deal proper. Okay. Yeah. It, it, you closed it a year ago. What yeah. what it cost you? How did you pay for it? Okay. It, it we paid for it largely in shares. Okay. Uh, it, you know, the, it, it was predicated uh, on on a fifteen cent share price right. and uh, we gave a, a, a 50 plus million shares to Platina. Right. They now own 30% of the company. We then, pro we then proceeded to, to do uh, some initial funding at the 15 and 20 cent level. That gave us uh, working capital to do the, the work with SLR to, with the goal in the first six months of, of coming up with a maiden resource estimate based on this remodeling that I talked about. Are you putting money in this? Yes, I put money in. I say on a personal basis. Yes, on a personal basis. And what, what do you hold? Uh, I would hold, I have options on, on, on shares, about right. 5 million shares, and I have uh, about three or 400,000 shares in, in which I uh, entered into in the private placements, which are, of course, all declared. Okay, okay, yeah, you can, you can see that. Um, and what about the rest of the management team? It's obviously, Chris, that you've inherited some. Have you, did you ask them to... Commit yes, financially. yes, yes, yes. Yeah, some of them we work. All the back office people is done out of Vancouver. It's with a group called Partum, mm. quite well known group, and they've they've also put money in. Right. But the the the, the major shareholders are a group of high net worth individuals, uh, really put together by Haywood Securities. Right. Uh, and they, Canadian yeah, yes. right. they, they were the guys who I was help. The reason I got involved is I, ha I have a strong connection with Hayward over the years. And they, I was advising Hayward on how to, how to do the deal with Platina and the high net in worth individuals who control probably now 30, 35%, um, approached me once the deal had been done and said, look, yeah. thank you for all your help. Would you like to stay involved? Uh, would you like to come on board and be CEO? I mean, it's always interesting when you kind of got a big shareholder yeah. like that, especially someone, a legacy shareholder in yeah. the sense that they owned it, right? And we've seen companies come in and talk this week about the different effects or you know, ill effects when you've got a big shareholder like that, an overhang like that, when you're sitting talking to them, looking them in the eye and you say, if you, you'd say, uh, if you ever want to sell, let me know and we'll manage that. We'll place that into good hands. Mm -hmm. If a TCO is in the same situation, one, they both had the same same response. Of course we will. Not a problem, Bob. And the reality is, they don't have to, and they don't, and they sell, and that causes you a problem. Yeah, well, it's, a good, your share it, price. it's a good point. But of course, What's when your you, relationship, I'm getting. Oh, getting a relationship that. is good, right? Uh, but of course, you you try and account for that in terms of when you do the deal, you try and put into into writing 
right. uh, you know, a, a first right of refusal, which 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 only lasts for a period of time, to be fair. Right. And we have a two-year period for that. Okay. And 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 uh, you know, again, it's in the public domain. Uh, Platina did uh, sell a tranche of shares uh, uh, earlier in the year, which Known we placed. To you in Absolutely, it came to us. Uh, but uh, but to be fair, as they had to. As, yeah. as as it was mandated, shall After we say, year. Yeah. Uh, and you know we placed the we placed the stock. Right. Uh, but it, you know your point's well made. It it yeah. it, it is there. But it, the thought is that if we're successful over, I mean, when you look at these projects, you, very few people have instant success. When you look at the mine development cycle and the progress, you you have to take an eighteen to 36 month view here yeah. because you know Rome wasn't built in a day. You have to you know you have to go through. There are no shortcuts here. You have to go through the process. So you want to try and design your exit strategy for a legacy shareholder along that timeline, which what we'll try to yeah, do. Yeah, I mean, but they're also going to have their own commercial Absolutely. needs. Yes. And yes. But I've, not, I've never heard anyone sign a piece of paper with two years. That's, that's quite good. Normally yeah. after four month hold comes yeah. off, it's, no. yeah. all bets are yeah. off. That's yeah. quite good. No, it, and it's, it's yeah. staged. I like that. You know, it's, it's staged. Right. And, uh, but again, okay. your other point is also well made. It's about the relationships that you have with, with the people. Obviously, uh, we have a good relationship because we, we initiated the you know we initiated the transaction with them yeah. and and convinced them that by by um, uh, spinning out Scareguard from from their other assets, which are right. Australian based, and they're yeah. they're looking at Scandian projects. They're looking you know very very decent projects in Australia. That this would benefit their shareholders. So it's all about relationships. Doing deals, fantastic. I just want to talk about it because it's it's an important point. No, it's it a can be off putting, but yeah, I, I like yeah, the way you've managed yeah. it. Um, so, with regards to the people who you've inherited, who are the ones who are managing the relationships in country? I should say boots boots on ground. What are the things that they're having to contend with in this new government environment? Uh, well, we have a, we have a, a, a I suppose the key man is our project manager, Jim Jim Sparling, right. and, and Jim based Jim, there. Uh, uh, well, based there when the season. It's, right. it, it's a, uh, exploration in Greenland is seasonal. Mining will be year-round, but exploration is seasonal because of the you know climatic and and because without almost without exception right now all the projects in Greenland are coastal um, because this is what's happening. It's the retreat of the ice that's exposed yeah. the geology. You know all the buzzwords about you know the last frontier etc etc. Yeah, yeah. All all valid by the way. Yeah. So most of them are coastal, so they're, they're they're seasonal from an exploration point of view. But that's not answering your question. Jim, Jim's had a lot of experience. He he was for six years with um, uh, the nickel project, the nickel project in in um, in in Greenland. So a lot of experience in dealing with the uh, you know the bureaucracy because Greenland like everywhere else. When I, I don't mean that as a bad word. You know there, there are you have to you have to have your permits, you have to have your licenses, etc. So we've got with Jim someone who's ha had six years plus experience. Um, so we're very lucky to sort of. To, well, I was lucky to be able to convince him to come and uh, and, and and join us. Fantastic, right? So um, let's talk about going forward. We're going to keep it light and fluffy today. Sure. No, we're, we're not. We're, hopefully, come in the come back come back in the new year. Get a bit technical with us, but um, for now, it's light, light and fluffy. With regards to going forward, right now, you've you've obviously what where are you at? So seventy five, eighty million market cap, depending on the time of day. Yeah. Um, how's the money situation? Uh, well, we did. We've done two financings, or we did the financing last December. We did a ten million dollar financing in the summer, right. and we've just completed a six million dollar financing. So, in effect, that's paid for the summer exploration yeah. program, where we drilled with four diamond drill rigs, uh, which we uh, secured in Canada, got them to Greenland, went through all the COVID protocols, yeah. etc. Uh, 
successfully drilled over 8,000 meters of drilling, etc., etc. Then we're now demobilized from site yeah. and we're into the process now of evaluating that drilling uh, and I'll talk a little bit about that. So in terms of funding, a $10 million funding and a, and a $6 million funding a few weeks ago. Fantastic. Right, okay. So what type of drilling are we talking about? Are you talking about confirmation drilling? You know, Co Combination. We, we have, we have a, a, a large resource already. Right. Uh, we in our 43-101 report, we have in palladium equivalent ounces because, mm -hmm. because of the pricing right now, 60 plus percent of the potential revenue will be PGM driven, largely palladium. So we've, we've chosen to, to show the global resource as palladium equivalent ounces. Yeah. And we have over 20 million palladium equivalent ounces. Put that gold equivalent for me. What's that sound like? <laughs> well, the way I look at it is there's a key slide in our presentation, which is taken from the 43-101 report. Yeah. And let, let me talk about indicated resources and inferred resources sure. to where we are right now. In indicated resources, already in May 21, we had 4 million contained ounces of palladium and 1 million contained ounces of gold. But where this gets really exciting is when we look at the inferred in a deposit where the geology is extremely well known and consistent. We have close to 10 million ounces of palladium and then just shy of a further 4 million ounces of gold. Now that Matt, is a, is a global significant Absolutely. deposit. Right. So that's the way I'd like to look at it. We, we, it you know, for ease of sort of discussion, we, we've, uh, we talk about palladium equivalent ounces, but really when you look at the nitty gritty of deposits, you should look at the individual rock value. Uh, so we have I large resources of... of it helps, because I, I think yeah. there, there are obviously commodities which are well known yeah. in terms of pr the precious metals and I guess even yeah. to a large degree the battery metals, but uh, the, the PGMs suffer from a little bit of ignorance in the sense that's that... That's correct. They've been so volatile and erratic in yeah. terms of pricing over the years that people tend to stay away. So you, you need to know your stuff. So that's why I'm trying to get you to put it in terms that people yeah. can more easily yeah. understand. Yeah. But, but the, the, the key thing is, even, even if we looked at the indicative resources we have, this is a pretty right. interesting project. Right. You go to inferred, whatever. Now, the task now with the, yeah. this, this program, and this is coming back to answering your question, what, what's a, what was the drilling designed to do? It's designed to do several things. Confirm the historical yep. exploration because then that underpins the right. confidence you have on yep. those results. Expand the resource and look at areas of potential open pit mining to the north that have been poorly drilled up to now. Because I always wonder with companies of your size, right? You've got to be quite cute with how you allocate the capital and, and what for, Indeed. right? It's big enough now, right? So going and hunting more, does is that, is that make sense to you? Or should, should you be all about the, let's get more certainty on this already big resource, and we'll come back to that expansion drilling at a later date? Well, I think you can do a bit of both. I right. mean, your point, again, is well made. For a project like this, all the resource right now, this large resource sector, is predicated with SLR on total underground mining. Mm -hmm. But for, for, for a junior company, mm -hmm. um, this project would have to be developed in a, what I call a stage gateway where you build your infrastructure as you go along. In order to do that, it would be very advantageous if we could have some initial small starter open pits. Mm -hmm. So we looked at the whole overall geology and we designed a program that does a bit of both, okay. to be honest with you. Although the focus really is on uh, upgrading the level of the resources. So to put another chunk of that inferred into indicated yeah. and some of the indicated into measured. So yeah. as you say, we can say, hey, come what may, right. there might be 40 million ounces here eventually, but look, we've, we've now got a handle around 10 million very solid ounces. 
And it gives some of the opportunity to say, yeah. well, let's get revenues flowing, yeah. which will then pay for yeah. expansion training at some later date. And it comes back to the mentality here, yeah. which is, so it says to me, and from some of the case studies you gave earlier about what you've done in the past is, you're not the person that's going to get this into production, are you? Well, it, it, it's idle to speculate on that, <laughs> but uh, you, you've Don't just got to look at our track record. Exactly, okay? right. And, and look, this is this is what the industry is about. Yeah. That, you know, uh, we've got the skill set within our group and the funding, and hopefully some more funding coming shortly, yeah. to, to take this from mid-late stage exploration where it is now, where, where it's not yeah. greenfield, even though yeah. it's a remote location, it's a, we have our arms around a big resource right yeah. now. We need to advance that resource along yeah. the cycle and, and then let's see what happens. If we get to, as we will, I think it'll take at least one more, if not two more field seasons to, to feasibility study, right. whether it's bankable or not, that's a term that's bandied around too loosely in my view, yeah, okay? Yeah. But we get to, let's just call it detailed, more detailed feasibility work. Yeah. And if the, the size and scale of the resource holds up, which we think it will, mm. we will get the attention of other, either strategic investors, uh, potential acquirers, etc., other people in the PGM and precious metal industry. Yeah. So, uh, you know, again, it's it's wrong to say that's the goal of the company. The goal of the company is to advance the project. But I think in advancing the project, we will get a lot of attention, uh, particularly as we now do interviews like this, where we're just starting to explain the project to a wider investment audience. Absolutely. Okay. So you, you're talking about another couple of field seasons. Fine. So we get a sense of yeah. how much more time you're going to expend on this before potentially being in a position to make a decision about what you want to do. And you've got to leave something on the table for the next guy too, of course. right? Um, so money's easy, but is money coming out of Canada at the moment? And it, you raise money in London, right? Yes. That's what you've done historically, um, pretty well, strong. I'd like to think we've raised money worldwide, but you right. know, obviously we, we have, a, we have a, a strong, uh, we've had a strong uh, following from, in, in London over yeah. the years, but also in Canada because uh, it, it, as part of my uh, history, I, I, I ran for, for a decade uh, 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 an investment banking broking firm, uh, a Canadian firm, Yorkton Securities, yeah, yeah, with, with Frank Justra. Yeah. Um, so we have access to capital markets in, in Canada uh, yeah. and, and the US, as well as in Europe, London and, and Europe and Switzerland, and you know, etc. So it's wrong to say it's just London. Okay. So looks looks like you've set yourself up only a year in advancing you know, the, the usual process, yeah. which is fine. Another two years, you've got the money to do what you need to do next season. When, when, when do the seasons run from? Really from uh, May to got it. October. Okay. Um, and funnily enough, this year, because uh, this year we used the ship anchored in the fjord yeah, right, next to, uh, yeah. right next to the deposit as a base for the geologists, for the, uh, for the surveyors, for the, uh, you know, the There's project needs helicopter that. support. Yeah. Um, you know, this is, that's why it's quite an expensive exploration play. Yeah. But um, it's actually in overall mining terms, it's relatively accessible, even though it's on the unpopulated east coast of Greenland. Yeah. It's relatively accessible. It's a two and a half hour flight from Reykjavik in Iceland. Yeah. Uh, we have a field uh, um, airstrip. 600 meter field airstrip that can take twin otters. We have an exploration camp there, but we found it environmentally and uh, operationally useful using the ship. It was a great success using the ship as the as the yeah, exploration base. Another company come on talk talk about doing the same thing. Um, can I, you make a good point there with regards to infrastructure and, and where you are at the moment? Because the Greenland government's not going to be building roads, etc. So no. this project needs to be of certain size to attract someone with a balance sheet to be able to. 
put their own infrastructure in? Well, y- y- yes and no. I mean, yes is the, is, is the overall answer. But, mm. but as I said, ev- even the Rios of this world and the BHP, the future of mining, if you want to be more yeah. generic, is about this stage gate development of yeah. projects. It's very few projects will have this two, three billion dollar upfront capital. So, yes, eventually it'll need someone with, with deeper pockets because I think the potential is with 20 million plus ounces to have a really huge right. globally significant mine. But we're quite capable of starting this as we did with Vavrinskoya in, in Kazakhstan, for example. And when we took it through, we were in production and Polymetal then took it on and expanded it. Right. Tony. Good update. I'm going to say thank you very much for coming okay. in. Appreciate it. Thank you. Good to see you again. And uh, good to, uh, thanks for making time to come all the way to London. Okay. You've moved to the countryside. I, I, I have. I have. You know, I've come from darker Sussex. Nice place. Yeah. Had a holiday there this yeah. year. It was quite nice. Yeah. The Wilderness Reserve, do you know it? Uh, I do. <laughs> uh, but hopefully we'll be able to come back in a few months' time and give you an update as to, as to where we are and what our plans are. Appreciate it. Thanks very much. Thank you.